Go Tenant, the revolutionary new property software built by landlords and trusted by tenants. Go Tenant is your one-stop property management assistant that will take the pain away from your tenant recruitment process and the management of your properties. From advertising your property to maintenance reporting, electronic signatures to full property management software. Stop worrying about double bookings and the hassle of unnecessary admin because Go Tenants is here to enable you to seamlessly run your portfolio from anywhere in the world. Go to gotenants.co.uk to find out more. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Cup of Tea with Rick G. Uh, I'm back with Arsh again today. So Arsh has decided to come along and have a brew with us. And today we're going to have a little bit of chat about, you know, our challenges that we've faced this week. Um, potentially, you know, if you guys have had any challenges yourselves as well. So what I'm going to do is take a quick slurp of coffee. And good morning, Arsh. Morning, Rick. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Doing well, so yeah, good. Uh, I believe we should. I think we should start this off in a special way, don't you, Rick? Because there's behind every good man, there's a <laughs> and stronger woman. Is that correct? I don't know. You tell me, Ash. Oh yeah, no. Well, it's definitely the case for me, Rick. Uh, and as a result, I think today I've got an Ariana Grande cup. By the way, this morning. That's my so that's my daughter. I've got a big jugular of water, mate. Unfortunately, so. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I believe today is Lorraine Gannon's birthday. Is that correct? It is. It's Lorraine's birthday. She's not here. She's disappeared. Um, I'm at home today, folks. Um, you know why I'm at home? Because when we started doing these cup of tea with Rick G's, um, it's becoming really good. It's becoming really popular. And I've been doing them for the office. But it meant that all the staff were coming in, tippy-toeing around me. And unfortunately, um, they weren't able to do anything. So what I've decided to do now is um, take the cup of tea with Rick G and do it from my home office which is here, um, because then the staff can crack on as normal. So Lorraine is around somewhere. It is her birthday. Um, she's 22, apparently, today. Fantastic. Okay, so Rick, uh, do you want to start, or shall I? <clears throat> yeah, I'll go straight into it. So, folks, um, what we like to do today is keep these sessions, Arsh has disappeared, there he is, keep these sessions as interactive as possible. And you know, rather than just... Uh, do interviews we thought you know we would share our experiences on how it is uh, for us currently and what challenges uh, we're facing individually in our uh, property businesses so currently at the moment I've got a little list here of um, challenges that I wanted to share with the group now there's been quite a few and what I wanted to talk about is the biggest one here um, we had a huge challenge about two months ago and I don't mind sharing this because this is real. And this is going to keep this kind of stuff real for you. So uh, when I was on my cruise around holiday, and I wanted to make sure that I was contactable because we've got several different businesses, several different arms to our businesses. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, rather than worrying about what was going on at home, I had um, complete contact. So I bought an Internet package. And it's probably one of the worst things I could have done. On the Friday before I went on my cruise on the Sunday, we checked a girl into one of our rooms. And the room, uh, we always do checkout cleans. We always make sure the room's obviously nice, clean and tidy. And um, we checked a young girl in and uh, everything was fine as far as I was concerned. On the Saturday, uh, she called me and complained that there were bed bugs in the room. Now, 
We've had bed bugs before, years ago, in a hotel that we used to own. And it doesn't make you a bad landlord if you get them, because you just don't know. Some people will bring them, and then they won't tell you, and then they will leave. And that's what's happened here. So the room was, was empty. Uh, we occupied it, and this young lady said that, unfortunately, she had bed bugs. So um, I said, first of all, okay, please show me a picture. Send me a picture so I can identify them just to make sure that they are bed bugs so I can, you know, I know what we're dealing with here. Uh, so she sent me a photograph across and surely enough they were bed bugs. So um, initially, straight away, what we decided to do was replace the bed, replace the mattress and send the cleaning team in, do a spray ourselves um, initially and make sure that we give her the advice that she needed in order to be able to control it. So within an hour, we replaced the bed with a brand new mattress, a brand new bed base, discarded the old one, we sanitized the room ourselves as best we could. And then we also booked in the pest control service for the day after. And we, um, we had it professionally sprayed twice. And as far as we were concerned, you know, it eradicated the problem. Uh, but she wasn't happy with that at all. She came back then and made a, an official complaint to us uh, to say that we hadn't dealt with it in the correct manner. We hadn't dealt with it expeditiously enough and she wanted full compensation. So uh, this was going on back in two whilst we were away. She threatened to take us to the council to say that we hadn't dealt with it, etc. Um, and we couldn't have done any more. You know, we dealt with this really, really quickly. So I think the moral of this story is um, if I'd have found out really what her expectations were right at the beginning, because um, I didn't ask her what, what it was she was looking to achieve, we could have probably nipped it straight away. So when I was on the cruise, I said, look, what are you looking to achieve here? What is it that you're looking uh, from this, this issue? And she said she just wanted a month's free rent. So I gave her a month's free rent. Um, we sanitized the room, we had it sprayed professionally twice, we replaced the furniture, and we got rid of the bedbugs really, really quickly. So you know, sometimes this shit happens, um, and we like to keep this real. This was a real issue for us. We dealt with it really, really quickly, and hopefully you know, it won't happen again, but you just never know. So I think what I'm trying to get across is, if you find out what the expectations are, I'm getting quite a lot of feedback, Ash, from your machine again over there. Um, it's coming back into my ears, I don't know why. Um, if we manage the expectations and we know what they want, and if we can meet them, then hopefully then we can meet in the middle ground. So that's my first big, um, that's been sorted now, it's all gone away. But that brings me on to my second issue for me this week. Got to the office yesterday, Ash, and I had a phone call. I know I didn't had an email from the council, and it said property inspection due to complaint. And those are the worst kind of emails. You don't want to get those emails. So I phoned up the council and I said, look, you know, what's going on here? Uh, why, why are you having an inspection? And they said that one of the tenants had complained that the room was too small. Now, first of all, it's licensed. Um, it's well within the 6.51 square meters. It's not too small. So um, I was really taken aback by that. And I said, OK, well, look, you know, I can give you the room measurements. And I did. I provided the room measurements and everything was fine. But if that tenant had called me and asked me just to change rooms because they weren't happy, I would have absolutely facilitated it, no problem. Because we've got another room in that property that is empty. And they could have gone into that property and, um, you know, I would have quite happily facilitated that. But they just don't communicate with us. And I found that really, really frustrating. And I don't like that kind of thing because we're good landlords. You know, we don't want to make, we want to make sure that our tenants are happy. But you know what, folks? 
this is the reality of being a property investor. So that's a couple of things for me, Ash. What have you been up to this week? Right, okay, Liz, uh, where do we begin? Because you know, let's just say that so we're not doing it all professionally. I've got a few, I've got a few things. So um, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna keep it property related, but not necessarily HMO related, if that's okay, Rick. Yeah. Mm. So one of my one of the issues that I face this week is that I'm buying a property um, quite below market value in Leeds. So just so that you know, someone approached me and said, Ash, uh, can you buy our property? And I said, okay, great. Uh, so because it's in Leeds, I wasn't really too fussed about um, visiting it. And as a result, we I said, well, what we're going to have done is a structural survey and a home buyer's report, which is what we do. Uh, so just give you an example of numbers. We think it's worth realistically circa 230 and we're buying it at the moment around 120. so it's a massive massive discount so we've gone through and we're going through the process and they said to me they said to me last week is there any chance that we can uh, complete this week as in uh in a couple of days time so this friday i said i don't see any reason why not so we kind of knew it was leasehold and we got the understanding that there was a ground rent of £150 a year, which is equivalent to just over £10 a month. And I'm fine with that. That's that's perfectly fine. One thing that I wasn't fine was with the fact that um, the ground rent uh, in the contract, so it's a, I think it's been built six years ago, so it's Miller Homes uh, development, and as a result, the ground rent doubles every 25 years. Now, I thought, well, I'm not buying it to keep it. I'm going to buy it and trade it and sell it on, uh, hopefully uh, on the open market. So I'm going to make my gain that way. However, one of the things that my solicitor said, he goes, you've got to be extremely careful because with leaseholds now, especially with the clause where they're doubling the ground rent every 25 years or so, mortgage companies may refuse to lend on it. And I'm thinking, is this the reason why the person has come to me and has accepted my lower offer? Because they know that the, the property is kind of unmortgageable. So mm. I suppose my question to the guys listening is, what would you do there? Now, I've kind of got my solicitors working on it. I've kind of got the lease and the management agreement out with three or four underwriters, but I'm conscious of time. They want to complete by Friday. Um, so I've got it out. So, Rick, what would you do? I don't know, really. I think I'm going to have to do a bit more due diligence into it. And if there's any reason at all, I think I'm not going to get finance on the other side. I wouldn't do it. Uh, it's too much of a risk level involved. You know, I go for the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, we generally just buy, refinance uh, and get out. That, that's our model. If, if there's any doubt whether I'm going to get finance on the property moving forwards, unless I've got £320,000 in the bank that I'm prepared to take a punt on, and then potentially then I'm going to be stuck with, personally, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work for me. So, yeah, okay, so we've had the home buyers report. The home buyers report has come back at a realistic 215, uh, 90-day sale. So 215,000 is 90-day sale. And remember, we're buying it for 120. So 120, so it's massively. So worst-case scenario, one thing that I'm uh, going to, I think we're going to do is that we're going to potentially carry on and buy an absolute worst-case scenario. I could put it into auction to... Uh, I could actually put it into auction, and I still think I'd get around 160 for it. So I, yeah. will, I will gain off it. Will I gain as much as I initially thought? Possibly not. But again, I don't have the time time frame. Now, one of the comments that's coming: Why don't you ask the freehold 
would they alter the lease and for how much? Unfortunately, that's one of the questions that I've asked the vendor to do. But they've said, Arsh, you've already negotiated a great price on the property. If you want it, it's 120 grand and we're completing this week. So yeah. that's one of my predicaments that I've got this week. Second yeah. predicament that I've got this week, I, I, I like having papers on my desk, Rick. So I bought a house and uh, we got planning permission for six flats. Now, this, uh, the architect, when he did the original planning, and he's a good architect, you know, I've been working with him nearly 20 years, we've never got a refusal using this architect. So if we thought, and we've come up, we've done some weird and wonderful schemes, and we've got the planning for the six flats as per this drawing, but as when the planning permission came on, uh, when the planning permission came through, there's no conditions attached to it, it's all fine. When the builders are on site, I've noticed that we've got an issue with the plans because what he's suggesting we can probably put in is probably not going to be feasible for the end goal. The end goal, so I'm developing, uh, we've got about three or four, three uh, developments live at the moment. We've got one that we're about to complete on as well, but I won't have that fourth one. I'm, I'm comfortable with three. And as a result, this one is a block of six flats. And now the architect, what I'm having to meet him today at, I think it's half past two, and the plans that he's drawn, I want to make sure that all the flats are in excess of 30 to 35 square metres because the intention is to yeah. sell them. And as a result, uh, I think some of the flats may be slightly small, so we're now going to have to start pinching space from other places, but that isn't in accordance with the planning permission that we got granted. So as a result, we may, we may then have to go back and put in a revised plan, which mm. is take us a bit of time. And again, we've got the planning for the six flats, but I want to make sure that our end goal is correct. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of my issues. They're not massive issues. My biggest issue, um, Rick, I'm conscious that you said that we're only going to be on a short time. I suppose this is probably the one that I battle with daily, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure every person watching this live or the recording also gets. It's the demons that we've got inside here. And the demons is that I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like that I'm I'm doing stuff, but maybe I've got the capacity to do more. Of the you know we see we're in this wonderful and weird world of social media where we see people and think bloody okay he's doing a great project over there, but I've got a lot more experience and I've got a lot more people around me. You know should I be doing more? And then the other part of me thinks well hang on. Sometimes you don't take enough time to pat yourself on the back. Would you agree, Rick? I think we've lost Rick. I think he's frozen for a second. But I think we don't give our we don't give ourselves enough praise or enough time to pat ourselves on the back and say, you know what, Arsh, to be fair, if you take stock of all the things that you've done, potentially you've actually done okay. But I'm wanting to always do more. I'm always looking out for more sites. My business partner keeps saying to me, slow down, slow down. I keep saying, no, we've got to keep up, we've got to keep up, we've got to keep going. And he keeps asking me, he goes, who are you chasing? And I think the person that I'm chasing is the demon in my own mind. 
Yeah, and I think you know what you we all we all sometimes think that we need to do more. I think that it's it's natural, and when you're you know if you're an entrepreneur and you're you're out there, your brain is constantly active, very rarely switches off. And I think you know, and I think Facebook probably is not the right place for to to start looking at other people saying, well, they're nailing it, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing the other. It's not really um, you know that can kind of demotivate you, can't it, rather than motivate you. And I'm kind of in the mindset now that how much more do I need to do? Um, I'm happy with the portfolio we've got. So we're going out to see a house today. The one that I posted on Facebook last week. So we own you know, the whole side of that road apart from that one. But you know what? I don't need that property. I'm not I'm not 110% motivated to get it just because it's attached to the other houses. If it's a great deal and if it's a deal that we can refinance our money back out from, then we'll get it. But we're not, you know, we're not out there sort of making making massive waves like a lot of people now because we've got a very solid portfolio like you have how much more do we actually need and the other aspect as well Arsh, is that you know you end up competing against yourself because you know we are um, we are very big landlords in our area um you know every time we advertise a room we're competing against ourselves on another room so you know you've got to you've got to start to consider that aspect of it as well because we are starting to get a few voids in at the moment so you know folks as it comes to no surprise property investing you are going to get voids at some point it's how you manage those voids uh, that will you know show your success on the other side now we've gone from having no voids last month to having eight voids coming up towards the end of next month now we've got four weeks to fill them because we take notice periods um but you know what do we do in situations like that because this is very real now eight voids to us it's not going to break the bank we always budget 10 percent on our bottom line for voids anyway so that's never going to kill us but eight voids at 400 pounds a month is a huge amount of profit that we're potentially not going to get so these you know these challenges for us are very real so what do we do in this situation well we've got um we advertise in the spare room so first of all we don't just wait for uh, people to come to us we proactively get out there and we ask people if they want to come and see our rooms as well so on spare room we'll go to all of the people that are looking and we will contact them and say hey guys we've got some great rooms click the bottom link and come over to have a look at our properties we'll contact our tenants and ask our tenants if they know anybody that potentially can come and join them in their house we give a, a, an incentive and a lot of people in the facebook forums will say maybe give 50 pound incentives to fill your rooms well hey maybe give a 150 pound incentive for a six-month contract because it's still better than having an empty room so you know we go through all of that and we are so proactive in the times that we have got big boys so hopefully next time you know in about three weeks time we'll be having this conversation and you know we'll be back to having zero voids but this time of year for us i don't know about you ash is really um it starts to slow down a lot so our peak times are it will start to pick up around about December. It slows down then at the end of December. Then it's dead really until March. Picks up from March. And then all the way through then March until October, it's really busy and really buoyant. And then October starts to slow down again. What's it like in Wolverhampton? Yeah, well, we tend to find that from the start of December, we see a slowdown. So what we tend to do is we start to play around with our marketing. So for argument's sake, instead of having a void room in december which is that we're also going to have a void room in january we play around with our marketing and say i'll tell you what guys instead of 
you paying, let's say, £400 for the rent. Why don't you move in in December and we'll allow you to pay half rent for December and January? Yeah. yeah we do that. You can be full rent back from February. Yeah. Do you charge deposit, Tosh? Sorry? You charge deposits? No, we never take deposit. Well, I'd rather not take deposit and do it on a homeowner guarantor. So okay. that's one thing that we tend to always do, and it works extremely well because mm. I think previously a deposit of a month's rent may cover some damage if they cause damage whereas you know i'm not fussed and i i say this openly i'm not fussed if they completely trash the room rip off all the plasterboards if i've got a homeowner guarantor because the homeowner guarantor is going to end up uh, you know in essence guaranteeing the cost of the damage yeah yeah absolutely what about fees do you charge fees uh we charge it admin uh well no sorry we charge uh, on my own properties that I own, no. But if it's a letting agency, then yes, we do. We charge yeah. them the fees. So if it's another board, then yes, we will charge fees. But anything in my property, literally, I'd rather have an occupied room as opposed to a void. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, folks, that you know, the, the, we're talking about the fee ban coming in in April. Here's my thoughts on this. Now, we've got two things that we're going to see next year. We're going to see client money protection mandatory. And we're going to to see the um, the rollout of the letting agency fee ban. So I think personally, the client money protection aspect should be rolled out first, because potentially that might put a lot of people out of business. So if they put that in first, it would make a lot more sense as far as I'm concerned. And then maybe then just shortly afterwards, uh, the the letting agency fee ban because. Um, if you did it the other way around, it could potentially hurt a lot of clients. So I think we are going to see it next year. I'm not sure whether it's going to be April. Personally, I think it might be towards October time. Uh, but it is something that's very real. And it is something that we are going to have to start planning forward. So what plans have you got, Arsh, to cover those letting agency fees that we weren't able to charge for, you know, come next so, year? To be fair, when we looked at it, uh the amount of revenues that the fees actually generate. We're not reliant on the fees, whereas a lot of agents are. So when we talk about letting agents fees, we talk about the admin costs and all the other fees that a tenant would have to pay prior to entering the property. So in that respect, if it's my personal portfolio, it's not gonna bother me at all anyway, because we don't take deposits and we don't charge fees up front. The only thing that they pay, they wanna move in is their first month's rent. And as long as we've got homeowner guarantor, I'm completely comfortable with that. On the letting agency, uh, yeah, we've looked at it and we've seen that, yes, we're going to take a bit of a dip in income, but what we're going to have to do is, as a result, naturally, there's going to have to be an increase in potential costs to the landlord. Okay. And um, do you think the landlords are going to be prepared to pay that? Do you think there's going to be a backlash? If we, you know, the fact is, is that the, this has been rolled out nationally. So it's not like local news and there's only one letting agency in Wolverhampton that's going to be uh, charging this. So regardless whether the landlord says, you know what, uh, you know, Arshin team, that we're not happy with that, we're going to go to another letting agency down the road. Guess what? They're going to do exactly the same thing. The fact is, if we treat, if we, you know, if we look at the span of the landlord, how long we've he's been with us, whether the, how we've managed the property, how we've managed the tenants, how we've managed, you know, his expectation. As a result, you know, he'll value our time and he'll value us as a business. Now he could go to another letting agency down the road. All of a sudden, the tenant may stop paying, the agency may stop paying the landlord, and as a result, he'll be in a far greater 
or far worse situation. So it is the lesser of two evils, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, it is a small, it's a small bit of the business. So I'm not really too fussed on that part. At the end of the day, it's going to come back to the tenant. You know, it's going to squeeze the tenant. It's really unfortunate. You know, I think I feel really sorry now for the young kids that are coming out of university. They've got their student loans to pay. Uh, they've got higher rents. The rents are only going to go up because of all of the squeezes that the government are putting on us. You know, they've got the set the clause twenty four. Um, with the tax um, uh, elements, they've got the letting agency fee that's coming in, you know, the individual council tax that sometimes is, you know, is going to affect people in certain areas. And at the end of the day, it's only the tenant that is going to suffer because we're in business, we have to make money, otherwise we will go out of business. So um, it doesn't seem to be getting any easier. And yet we've got a housing crisis, yet we can't build enough houses. It doesn't really seem to gel to me. But Rick, let's face it, it's going to become the norm. So if we start thinking about how the tenants are going to react to it, regardless whether they live with me, whether they live with you, or another landlord down the street, they're going to face the same issue. Yeah. All we can do from our point of view is ensure that we remain high standards with not only the accommodation that we offer, but the service that we provide as well. And I agree with you, but it still doesn't take the fact that I feel sorry for these guys, you know. I know that it's going to be the norm. I know that they're going to have to budget for it. But, you know, they're our customers at the end of the day. We've got to kind of we've got to nurture them. We've got to look after them. Um, and, I, you know, I do feel sorry for them. I know it's business. Uh, I know we shouldn't get that close to it. But how much more can the industry take? How much more of a squeeze can we put onto these tenants? But, okay, on another, let's, let's put it. So let's just imagine that petrol prices increase. We've now got two options. We can either like it and lump it. Or we can stop driving our car. Or we could go electric. Or we could go electric, which, let's face it, it's going to cost uh, that you're going to have to go off and buy another car, which is going to incur a shed load more of, in, uh, in, of expense. So, you know, the way that I look at it, when I look at things like this, I think, okay, it's another cost. It's something that they're going to have to endure, like probably say materials on building projects. They go up, but what do we do? Do we say, okay, we're not using that material, we're going to try and find an alternative material, and then by the time that I've spent looking for alternatives, that time has cost me money, and as a result, I could have just gone off and done it and done it anyway. So, you know, it all depends on how we relay the information to the tenant. I wouldn't get too bogged down with it because the fact is, is that it's very well documented by the media. Um, it is, it is, you know, and I think, you know, even, I mean, we're talking about three-year tenancies now, I and mean, that's probably for another one, and that's probably for another broadcast, but it just seems that the government have got, you know, they're not giving us anything, they're not giving us anything, but they're taking everything. Now, it's okay for us, you know, we're professional investors, and I'm not being negative here, I'm just trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate, you know, it creates opportunity for us because the more people that come out of the market, then the more um, you know, great opportunities and benefits we could potentially get as professional investors. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying really that, you know, it just seems to get harder and harder and harder for the tenants. Um, it's never going to get any easier. I just don't know 
you know, if any government will come in and, and do it anything any differently, I'm not saying that it's a political thing, but I just, you know, I feel for the tenants. My kids hopefully will grow up, will go to university, and they're going to go through that. And they are, you know, the, the future of somebody else's business. And they're going to be seeing all of these um, you know, uh, extra fees and then, you know, they're having to pay for because of uh, all the things that the government are doing at the moment. And I just can't see a way out of it. I'm, you know, I'm absolutely sure that the HMO industry is going to thrive. It's going to be here for a long time because more people are going to get out of the market, which is going to create more opportunities for us. So just a bit of yeah. a rant off. I mean, it's not, yeah, not, really, really a, not really a question, but you know, I completely get it. I, I understand the fact that there are people and it's going to get it's going to get extremely more tougher for the younger generation. And I get that. You know, I worry about my kids growing up. And that's why I'm doing what I can now to ensure that they don't have to feel that pain. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a question here. Uh, do you charge fees, Rick? Uh, yes, we do charge fees. So very similar um, business model to Arsh, actually. We don't do deposits on our HMOs. We do on our flats, but that's a, that's a different element, you know, because um, we've only just decorated those and we've refurbed them, so they're quite high end. We do charge fees. Now, the fees are variable. Um, the fees are very open. So if you go into spare room, it says what we charge. We charge anything up to... 150 pounds um, and from nothing it really depends on how motivated we are at that time to sell that room so if we've got a lot of voids like i mentioned earlier very often we'll take a hit on the fees and we'll drop the fees down to virtually nothing um, so it's not a huge element for us we charge the fees for our staff we charge the fees for our advertising costs. And, you know, they're not cheap. And we've got about eight adverts running at any one time. Uh, and as you know, for those of you that advertise on White Move and Zupa as well, those fees are quite big and quite large. And then, of course, we've got a credit score. So to answer your question, yes, we do charge fees, but not all of the time. So, folks, we've got maybe two, three minutes. We're only going to do half an hour today. Uh, it is Lorraine's birthday, so I'm going to have to go out and, um, and treat her well. So, um, if you've got any questions, now's the time to ask for them. Osh, what have you got planned for the rest of today? Well, uh, the couple of things that I want to try and do is um, sort out my little issue regarding the leasehold so i'm speak i'm going to try and get a hold of the underwriters that i'm speaking to so i want to try and get that resolved this morning and then i'll meet in the architect at half two uh and that, that's pretty much i don't think there's a great deal i don't think there's a great deal that i've got on but you know i want to make sure that we've got it, certain time scales that we need to make it's great, isn't it? Because, you know, you're so busy and you've got lots of different businesses, very much like myself. And you're just saying, well, half two, I think about, you know, sort of like going home. And, and I'm saying, look, it's half past nine and I've got to go and take my wife out and uh, uh, and treat her well for her birthday. So that's the reality, folks. So you get your systems in place and, and make sure that, you know, everything is leveraged. You can run several really successful businesses you don't have to be in the business and and i'm really pleased that Ashley said that it wasn't uh, it wasn't prompted by the way uh, i've got a quick question here uh, is it question or a statement i think the government could have tackled the fees better uh, they could have set the fees across the country just like the mot yeah they could but you know what they're not going to are they you know it's um it's never going to be that easy and i think i've read somewhere that uh, was it ireland somewhere in ireland um they reversed their um clause 24 um aspect and, and they're taking it away so you know what is there hope for us to be able to do that in the future again i don't know i'm not sure but Ash, it's always a pleasure it's half past nine i am going to have to go otherwise i'm going to get into trouble thank you everyone for watching um Ash and i'll be back at some point next week don't know when 
um, just really talking about our property business, keeping it real, um, and just sharing some of our top tips and tricks with you. So thank you very much, Ash. Have an awesome Brilliant. day. Have a great day, guys. Take care. Cheers. All the best. So, folks, thanks for tuning in. Um, that was Cup of Tea with Rick G. Um, if you've got any suggestions for the show, I'd love to hear them. Um, you know, we are on every morning at 9 o'clock. Got some great guests coming up soon for you as well, some great people that we're going to be interviewing. So um, please comment below. Let me know how, um, how the show's going for you. Uh, I did a launch yesterday. Again, not a launch, but I gave a giveaway yesterday for my book. So for those of you watching, if you've missed out on this offer, I'm sorry, it is closed. Um, within about 10 minutes, I think I sold 100 books. And we only keep about 100 books in stock. So that's on the Facebook group. If you did see it, I'm sorry if you missed out. Keep your eyes peeled because I'll be doing that again really, really soon. So, folks, have a great Wednesday. The sun's shining from my office window at home here. I am at home. Um, have an awesome day. And I will hopefully see you back here tomorrow on Cup of Tea with Rick G. Take care. Go Tenant, the revolutionary new property software built by landlords and trusted by tenants. Go Tenant is your one-stop property management assistant that will take the pain away from your tenant recruitment process and the management of your properties. From advertising your property to maintenance reporting, electronic signatures to full property management software. Stop worrying about double bookings and the hassle of unnecessary admin because Go Tenants is here to enable you to seamlessly run your portfolio from anywhere in the world. Go to gotenants.co.uk to find out more.